Everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. Of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And what an absolute nightmare. Horrible. Horrible defense. I'm not going to come on here to do a rant. I will run through the plays, but dear Lord God, that was bad. Um, I'm not usually one to dive on and sort of get all get all emotional. Well, I'm Irish, so I clear, quite clearly haven't been uh, bestowed with emotions but yeah look the discourse online is fire joe barry i'm not gonna go that far and start calling for people's uh jobs but when i read out the plays you can make up your own decision because it's just absolutely shocking and um, i'll preface it by saying and this is by no means letting them off the hook because i'm gonna go on and just uh, i just need to detail what happened on the defensive possessions um, f- for people to sort of know truly how I really feel. Uh, but I do get the whole thing of Jair Alexander is out and Ballantyne and Valentine and Rudy Ford and we have all of these players playing. Like, in an ideal world, would we want them to be out there uh, playing for us? Would they be first choices? Uh, no, but I mean, f- you know, Rudy Ford, for instance, um, absolutely fantastic season last season. Stepped up, did some great things and just brain fart moments stuff. Uh, Ballantyne, and again, I put everybody on notice on the podcast, is that he's going to make big mistakes. He's going to run his mouth. And again, there was a sort of detail that later on, there was a DPI, and he was all over, I can't even remember who it was. I think it was um, either Godwin or Evans. I think it was Evans. And just a massive gain given up by penalties. But the defense is broken. Since we came up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, the defense is booked, if you will. Just off. Uh, just doing the same thing over and over again. And look, I'm all for defending somebody when I don't feel that they're at fault. But too many times in this game was the scheme just wrong and just off. And it's becoming really damaging now, obviously. And forgiving. I'll be like uh, Boris Johnson. Forgiving. Uh, rifling through notes here. But the one thing I would say is, is that it's extremely hard to win a football game in this league. It's even harder to win a football game when the defense gives up 27 points in three quarters. Nearly impossible. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks at the end of the game were just trying to run the clock out. So they let the Packers offense gain easily. And it was honestly like looking at the Packers defense. However, we weren't trying to give up yardage. We were trying to stop it. This super soft coverage on defense. This really soft, you know, let, I, I don't even know what they're playing at this point. And the constant matchup of linebackers on slot receivers was criminal. Um, so before I detail the defensive plays, and I don't know, maybe you'll switch off, right? Because you don't want to hear, you know, moaning about the defense. But hopefully I'll add some value. But let's take a look at Baker Mayfield's stats today. 22 of 28 for 381 yards and four touchdowns. We sacked him five times which was a small mercy. But again, most of those sacks were on Baker Mayfield. The fact that he held on to the ball too long. Now, again, you can be devil's advocate and say, well, he held on to the ball too long because there was no one open. Because on the back end, we obviously shored up his receivers and tight ends and whatever. And so he held on to the ball too long and we sacked him. He had a passer rating of 158.3. What's a perfect passer rating again? I think a perfect passer rating is actually lower than 158. 
But someone put it well on social media when they said is that when the Packers try and cover one element of the game on defense, be it the run or be it the pass, uh, we end up getting kind of screwballed anyway. And I felt like the, the onus was kind of on the team when we gave up 200 yards in the last game to runs that we were trying not to do it again. And we gave up 99 yards in rushing, but we absolutely got pasted when it comes to the pass. And there was one player that was head and shoulders above the rest, and that was Chris Godwin. So Chris Godwin in this game has 10 receptions for 155 yards, a long of 25, and they didn't even need to target him for a touchdown. It's just shocking. And what I mean by damaging is, it's damaging obviously because the Packers are in the playoff hunt. Uh, we were actually in the seeding places. Um, and we've dropped out of that now. The Lions go further ahead. Um, and to show the kind of pee-poor division that the Bucks are actually in, is that the Falcons lost to the one-win Panthers. Now the two-win Panthers. And speaking of other teams, let's take a look at how the Giants did. They lost to the Saints. They could only score six points. Now again, look into the nuance and you see that DeVito went off with a concussion after hitting his head pretty hard. Um, but it's just indicative of how this Packers defense is playing and who we're giving points up to. And why I mean it's damaging is ultimately what it comes down to. Is that you're trying to blood your offense. You've got the youngest offense in the league. And we're in constant desperation mode on offense. We're constantly scrambling. Uh, it's what's been driving Matt LaFleur crazy. Is that we're in this two minute drill stuff all the time. We have to throw for chunk yardage. It takes the run game out of it. And you can't... Look, Jordan Love, it's no secret, plays best when he's in rhythm. And there was some absolutely fantastic throws and some absolutely fantastic touchdowns. There was some lasers in there. There was some Farvian play. Uh, but it was all too little too late. Simply because our defense had given up 100... And, I think it was 114 yards to Godwin in the first half. And he averaged... Two, what did he get? 200 yards in the last six games combined. And in this game, he comes away with 155. And you look at the sideline, and I'm a big, big body language expert, obviously. But you can see the Bucks players and coaches relaxed and kind of taking the piss, if you ask me. There's a few times they cut to Baker Mayfield, and he's just giggling away looking at the iPads or Surface tablets. It's shocking. Shall we go through the defensive stuff? We held them to a field goal on the first defensive stand. The coverage was extremely soft. Um, it was full of brain fart moments. Godwin. Thir third and four. right? Third and four is just a ridiculous down and distance for this team. And someone again put it on social media that they feel more comfortable with the Packers on second and two than on third and ten. You know, something like that. Because that's what it is with this team. So the first defensive stand, it's third and four. And Chris Godwin comes down and gets 12 yards. That's not the first and only time that they get big yardage on third and four. Because we just couldn't stop them. They come down with a field goal. Second defensive stand, Enig Barry comes down with a fumble sack recovery. Uh, or sack fumble recovery, if you will. Fantastic play. Amazing field position. And that followed 
with the offense coming on uh, with, on a first and goal and Jones gets stuffed, but they go to Tucker Craft and it's nearly a copy-paste style touchdown of what they did with Sims in prior weeks, what Kraft did. And then there was a couple of plays that was pointed out that we get, tried to bring the tight ends into it to run this play, but they weren't patient enough to sell the block. So Tucker Craft gets the block in and then pivots and goes in for the touchdown. Fantastic play. Green Bay are up 7-3. Defense comes on again. We get beaten on the pass. We get beaten on the run. Uh, Rashid White, the gains that he was making and the fact that we were trying to stop him meant that it went to the wide receivers. And it was an unbelievably easy pass uh, for a Bucks touchdown. Bucks are up 10-7. Again, like hot knife through butter. Shocking. Then the defense come out. Um, they eventually get a stop and they force a punt. The punt is a monster punt. And it puts us right at our own end zone. So, you know, we come away. This And this is, again, a sort of something that rings true. The defense seem to only get stops when there's either a big play happening. So a, a key pivotal sack or an interception, which we haven't got a lot of lately. Uh, fumble recoveries. Apart from that, we seem absolutely inept and incapable of stopping wide receivers or running backs be it when the running backs are running or catching, um, and when the wide receiver, it doesn't matter what down and distance, it's a second and 18, I believe, we gave up. And there's a great video of Aaron Nagler uh, doing a live watch, and he just blows up and goes insane. And it's completely warranted because, again, massive down and distance, really soft coverage, playing off the receivers, letting them get to the down marker, and just giving up the play. So, on this fifth defensive stand, it's a mixed bag. It was third and three. We give it up. It's really soft coverage. And then Godwin comes down with a 25-yard throw. Um, Luke Van Ness, Lucas Van Ness comes in with a sack. That's good. There was good pressure. Uh, holding on the books, we pushed them back. And you're thinking, well, maybe they might get some momentum. But Godwin again and again and again and again. And at this point of the game, he had seven catches for 103 or 108 yards. Uh, the books get a field goal. They're up on the Packers, 13-10. So it hits halftime, and my notes were super soft coverage on D. Uh, we When we tried to cover the run or the pass, we can't do both. We get gouged. And how can we develop on offense, and how can Jordan Love develop on offense when he's in constant high-pressure situations? I honestly can't remember the last time the defense put us in a position that... And they have done it. And that's the problem. They have been capable of doing it. So we come back out after the half. The offense doesn't help themselves. The offense aren't perfect, but that's the point. They're not supposed to be. Youngest wide receiver core. We're without Christian Watson. We're without AJ Dillon. And you look at those separately and you look at their stats separately, right? And Christian Watson was having, you know, hell of a game the last time he togged out. And AJ Dillon. You look at those and go, all right, Steve, like what would they've done, really? But it's just another part of the offense that you could slot in there and keep the defense honest. And we couldn't do it. So the offense comes out. Uh, you know, Jordan Love throws the ball away. It's a three-yard run. Uh, and then two receivers run the wrong route. And it's pointed out by the comms. Uh, they run down uh, to the left and they both run an out route. And like they said, it's, you're not going to get a position where you have two receivers in the exact same zone. The throw didn't look too far off, to be fair. Uh, but just you could see Jordan Love looking at the sideline 
at the receivers and then looking at Matt LaFleur as if to say, what the hell was that? So it looks like some bad... But this is the thing, is that you need good defense to compensate for teething issues on offense. And Jeff Reinbold came out on the Sky coverage today and he said you would not believe how unbelievably complex and difficult it is to play offense in the NFL. And the fact that you have kids coming in straight out of college and they're trying to make these plays um, is just almost impossible. Six defensive stand. Where does it end? Uh, it's a white touchdown. It's a throwing touchdown. And the Tampa Bay go up on double scores on the Packers. It's 20-10. to 10. Seventh defensive stand. Godwin versus Campbell. A big gain. 21 yards. And here we go again. This is where it gets pointed out in my notes. I have linebacker, question mark, question mark, exclamation mark. This is where Ballantyne has the DPI in Evans, which was really poor. He shouldn't have had his hands on him at all. Uh, and, you know, they made a big meal out of it on the comms to say, like, oh, Evans did well by play acting there and blah, blah, blah. Look, Ballantyne was all over him. The two of them were all over each other, like uh, teenagers at a disco. Uh, but again, you can't do it. The, the ball was nowhere near him and the throw was way off. So then it becomes first and goal, second and goal. And then Kielt comes in with a touchdown. Uh, the tight end, his very first catch of the year. Uh, Mayfield at this stage has 318 yards passing and what is this his third touchdown and I have dreadful 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 defense down um, and it's the point in my notes where I say it's extremely hard to win a football game when the defense gives up 27 points in the first three quarters of the game near impossible and we've heard Matt LaFleur say before like, look, the defense held them to under 20. We should have won that game. And that's what I mean. The Packers are capable of doing it. Well, you'd ask yourself, where are they? So then the defense come out again. Um, this is where the young receivers are, you know, doing great for us. And, you know, um, Jeff Reinbold's sort of, you know, waxing lyrical about them. Um, we come down with a field goal, 33-yard field goal is all we can muster. And then the defense come back yet again. They reach third and four and Godwin for 11 yards. Who's on him? Devondre Campbell. Again, another th third and four. We do okay on first down. We do okay on second down. And then it's third and four again. Slot receiver comes down with the ball. 52 yards. And guess who's on him? Devondre Campbell again. And this is where Tampa Bay go up 34-20. And they don't relinqu relinquish the lead or give up any other points. Um, it's announced at this point that Jaden Reed is out with a toe injury, which kind of just exacerbates the issue with Bo Melton was in there and he was only just called up before the game. Um, to add insult to injury, there's one more defensive possession or lack of possession. They come on out. Um, it's every play is going to be a run play. That's obvious. And they give up a fourth and two. So they call a timeout, fourth and two. I think at the halfway line. And you know what Tampa are going to do? And they run the ball and the Packers can't stop them. Is that on Joe Barry or is that on the defensive players? Whatever it is, it's garbage. And to end the game, and this is the most fitting thing to happen in this game, is Rashid White on an absolutely obvious telegraph play. They're going to run for the rest of the game. They're going to run down the play cock, clock. Play cock. There's about a minute and a half left. Rashid White breaks through the line, gets the first down, and not only could, did he get the first down, he could have absolutely uh, walked in backwards with his eyes closed into the end zone for a touchdown when a minute and 20 left, but he gives himself up and goes down. So 
it's incredibly fitting that the game ends with Tampa Bay choosing not to score. It was so easy for them that they could have, and the only squad in this game that could stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from scoring easily was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Slides down, give themselves up, they kneel the game out, and that's the end. And what we should be focusing on was all of the fantastic things that the offense did. First offensive possession, Dobbs comes away with a completion straight off the bat. And then Aaron Jones absolutely gouges the Tampa Bay Bucks defense the whole time. Um, there's a third and sixth. There's a completion to read again. Unbelievable. Um, and it's just a shame that it comes down to fourth and two and it's incomplete then to read. It's just a, a bad throw. Uh, for Jordan Love but not a bad start and then again that's followed by on the second possession that lovely craft touchdown um, and then there's another craft completion on third down on the third offensive possession uh, and then again he goes straight to craft straight away it's a 36 yard completion to craft it just turns out to be a bad series of three plays and we kick the field goal and we still end up tying up the game you know some lovely little plays in there some nice play design but it's completely overshadowed. And when we're looking at, and again, I hear people call him Matt LaFleur, Matt LeSueur. You know, and when you look at it, you're like, what are we supposed to do in these situations? When the defense is absolutely hemorrhaging and you're stuck with abandoning the run and then the run and, because this is the thing, right? It's just to remind people. This game, Matt LaFleur's system works the best when he can keep you honest with the run and then he hits you and kills you on a play action. That's just how it works. Um, is it too much to ask of Jordan Love that he spots coverages, um, that he calls plays and audibles at the line of scrimmage and cans plays and tries to exploit the defense? I think he's doing a really good job at it. And in fact, the only thing that you can sort of level at him to say oh, that could be a bit better is the delay of game penalties were the second most delay of game penalties in the league this year. But again, if you were to ask somebody, what would you expect the outcome to be if you have a first-time starting quarterback out there with young wide receivers coming up against pretty stout defenses like Vita Vea um, and you know Todd Bowles is doing his best, right? You'd look at that and go, well, I'd make an educated guess that there will be some clock management issues uh, and that you're going to have delayed games. And the reason that you'll do that is, is for two reasons I would have thought. One is that the play calls being called in are too complex and it takes him a while to get the verbiage and get those plays out and up at the line of scrimmage to organise these players, call audibles, try uh, peek the defence and see what they're doing. Audible out of that complex play that it took him a while to get out and then again that ball is snapped, it's too late. That's, that's a no-brainer to me. That's what's going to happen. Uh, I would have guessed that you would have had a lot of interceptions because, you know, you're trying to make plays happen when you really shouldn't. You're going to throw balls in body positions that you really shouldn't. And we heard that about that Giants game last week that Love was saying, look, my footwork just wasn't good enough. And we saw it again today. The comms point out and zoom in on his footwork and say, look, both feet are up off the ground. It's not ideal. The ball's not going the right way. You could pretty much call out the stuff. And I think if you look at where we, where I thought anyway, where we thought we'd be on offense, and that the defense would have to dig us out a bit. I think we're doing quite well. And I think that at least Jordan Love is getting the play out on time. He's going no huddle. He's going hurry up. Especially when uh, Malik Heath came down with the ball. And you know the comp slowed it down and looked at it. And said yeah look that would have been a catch. But they thought it might not have been. He had the 
presence of mind to get up to the line of scrimmage, no huddle, get the play out quickly. And I believe he completed that play too. To Aaron Jones, I think. So, I think Love is doing an admirable job. And in fact, they showed a graphic to show how did he get on at these, you know, his last 10 pass plays. And he was 10 for 10. Um, And the fact that he's doing it with the cast that he's doing it with, with the Bo Meltons, with Tucker Crafts, with uh, Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and, you know, Patrick Taylor's in there. Uh, Kenyon Drake, who just got signed, was in the game today. So I think on offense, we're exactly where we thought we'd be. And look, if you keep a defense to under 20 in this league, there's a great chance you can come away with the win. We score 20 points. And again, it's not really indicative either because you're looking at we scored 20 points in desperation mode and we see what Jordan Love can do when he's in rhythm and he's not allowed to get into rhythm with these brain fart, horrible games against the Giants and now laying an egg against the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're in a crap division. They've got Baker Mayfield who is easily sacked because he gets flustered um, and we absolutely laid an egg. We were the favourites coming into this game. It's in Lambeau Field. It's in December. Um, look, I think where the team is in general is good uh, in the sense that on offense, I think we're playing an awful lot better than what we thought, but it's up to you. Let me know. Do you think Joe Barry is to blame for all of it? And do you think his job is tenable? And do you think that it is a year too late? It's an easy narrative to go to, to say, you know, Matt LaFleur is keeping his buddy around, you know, like, oh, he's keeping his mates, but it sort of stands to answered that that it's just, it's the Aaron Rodgers philosophy you know and you'd wonder what is Brian Gutekunst thinking you know and I don't want to go looking around for a scapegoat to any of this but if Gutekunst is the man to you know game plan ahead he had the really sticky transition to go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love um, there's obviously an awful lot riding on that the fact that we're not owned by rich owners uh, Brian Gutekunst's personal legacy is going to sit with the fact of how well did he make that decision. Uh, it was, I'm not going to say universally panned, but I've got plenty of receipts where people were saying this is a terrible decision and they shouldn't be doing this. Um, so how might this have gone and how much is he sighing in lifts when he sees the defense this, this bad and he's thinking, Jesus, the hard part was to get a quarterback to follow or back-to-back MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer. And the thing that kills us in the end is another piss-poor performance on defense. And in fact, I saw a tweet from Mike Daniels, the ex-defensive lineman for the Packers. Great guy, incredible player, unbelievable motor. He was doing Rashan Gary stuff before Rashan Gary was doing Rashan Gary stuff. And I'm not talking about sacks. Um, I'm talking about just his his work rate was just ridiculous. And in the offseason, I think he went down to the Bengals then. But even he was saying, like, how come the defense in Green Bay just can't get it done, even on when he was playing for the team? And he was very vocal about that the Packers need more. And I have a video up on our Instagram of uh, Martellus Bennett talking about linebackers that eat with their hands and not knives and forks and all that macho man stuff. But, you know, he was a big proponent of, you just play gritty, play dirty, just get in there, you know? And the defense just don't have it. And to say that we're playing with the likes of Rasha and Gary and Kenny Clark and Devondre Campbell, who's an excellent run stuffer, and uh, Lucas Van Ness, uh, Stokes. Like, it's just 
painful. And I know the back end is not great. And the fact that we sacked him so many times is that comeback. But it's just, when you look at it and you see linebackers on slot receivers again and again and again, on the same down and distance, it's unbelievable. Because I have this video coming up that I have the script uh, written for for YouTube. And I'm talking about, you know, how you can kind of watch the game and discern more than just, you know, letting all the plays sort of play out. And it comes down to personnel, you know, 21 personnel, 11 personnel, 0, zero personnel, um, you know, 22 personnel. And I talk about how, depending on what running backs and tight ends and wide receivers you have out there, you can kind of predict or hope to predict what the patterns are. And they have sort of quality control coaches and they have, you know, defensive staff and offensive staff. And they look at things like that, you know, this down and distance and they'll say, well, in this down and distance so far this game, they've thrown this many times, they've thrown to this person, they've, they have these tendencies and you can pick up these tendencies in prior games. And one thing that is for sure on third and short, it was an obvious pass play and it was an obvious play to the slot receiver and everybody on Twitter or X or threads could see it and Joe Barry just couldn't adjust for it. And there's an awful lot of slander that goes around. An awful lot of unnamed sources. Um, people saying, oh, well, I heard this about whatever. But one of the one of the rumours that we've heard about Joe Barry is, is that he just doesn't adjust ever. Is that he plays his game plan, he sticks to his game plan, whether it's working or not, that's just what he does. He doesn't make any halftime adjustments, doesn't make any in-game adjustments, he just keeps playing the way he thinks he should play. Whatever he's scouted beforehand, that's the thing. And... I'd always call that stuff a load of nonsense most of the time, right? But it's when you see evidence of something like that that you go, maybe what they're saying is correct. Because there was certainly no adjustment there. And I haven't... I got straight on with the podcast. I didn't listen to any post-game pressers or whatever. Uh, but someone made the criticism to say, look, LaFleur is going to get up there, right? And again, I, I hand on heart, I haven't seen it. I don't even know if it's going to happen. But that LaFleur comes out and says... The defense is not good enough. I can't believe we did this, this, and this. And surely one of those things um, is a linebacker on uh, slot receivers, especially Godwin, who was absolutely destroying us all night. You can't keep doing it. It's not good enough. And yet nothing changes. Um, now, I don't know what people want to change, and I understand the frustration. But what, I mean, what do they want? We've seen teams, we've seen the Packers historically, you know, not do it apart from when they let Mike McCarthy go and put in Joe Philbin halfway through the, or the end of the season. So do we get any benefit from sacking Joe Barry at this point? There's two different uh, waves of thought, I guess. One is that we had a playoff chance. And then you pull that into question, right? Did we? <laughs> Did we have a playoff chance? Because if this is the way it's going to go, you know, it's just, it's so Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it really? You know, like we have a team who comes out and beats the Lions when we were up against it. We beat the Chiefs who, again, the Patriots ran them close. So there's obviously something going on with the Chiefs. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's 2020 or 40-40. You look back at it and go, eh. So they have their struggles. Beat the Lions and the Chiefs. Super Bowl champ Chiefs. And then we come up against the Giants and uh, third stringer and we get embarrassed. And then we come up against the Bucks. In Air Stadium. And they dropped 34 points on us. Easily. 10 in the second quarter. 14 points in the third quarter. And a touchdown in the fourth. And they could have easily added another 7. If you just ran it in. Um, because what were the Packers going to do at that point? You know. But just run the game out. Save bodies. All that kind of jazz. 
you know, and you're sort of thinking, are we good? It depends on who shows up on the day, really. Um, I don't know. And then we have a chance at the playoffs. We just win this game and we keep marching. We're favourites in this game. And we had the Giants marked as a win. You know, that's a team that's struggling. And we had the 31 easiest schedule run in. So, you know, oh my God, uh, we're up there again. It's a testament to the team, I guess, the fact that we're in the playoff hunt. But, you know, when you're at 6-7, and seven, now 6-8, and eight, and you have a chance at the playoffs, you're kind of thinking, eh, the competition mustn't be great, and you'd be right. You know, it's just because everyone else is struggling and not running away with it. But, you know, so you look at the game and you go, are we capable or not? If we get to the play, we've had this in prior years as well. This is the thing is that it's it's very easy to kind of get recency bias too and kind of go, oh, well, struggling on offense, young players, we don't really know what we're doing. Defense is still crap. You know, oh my God, I can't believe the Packers are bad this year. They were bad, you know, last year as well. And under Rodgers, and, you know, we ran the table a couple of times and he pulled out some magic, which was great. Um, but it certainly hasn't been plain sailing. So then you look at us now and we're in the hunt. So what do you do? Do you keep a defensive coordinator on the hopes and just go, well, look, we'll get to the end of the season? I just wonder how many bonfires would be lit if they retain Joe Barry after this season, just seeing what the public outcry is about him. But it's not good. I don't think the Packers will make a move, to be honest. Um, Because I don't think they go by... Need and it's not a knee-jerk reaction as well. I would say a knee-jerk reaction based on what fans want. But that was just a, a god-awful performance. And there have been coordinators who've been released of their duties for less. I don't know if it's the answer. But um, whatever that defense was tonight certainly didn't cut it. Um, not against these teams that we should be better against. Because it's just so predictable, isn't it? You know, I mean, even at the very end, that's the thing is that, all right, fair enough, you're keying in on the run because you don't want to get, it's it's so, I don't know if I'm rambling on here, but it's so one tracks really. It's like, oh, we, you know, it's so, we got, we got gouts on the run against the Giants. Okay, well, let's stop that from happening. Oh no, we're getting gouts on the pass. So you know what's going to happen next game, right? Is that we're going to be playing well against the pass and we get absolutely trounced on the run again. But after a win, our playoff hopes were at 66%. And I think they're in the 40s or 30s now. And is that the, should that even be the goal, though? Probably not. But how does this defense improve apart from getting healthier? The thing is, right, if we're going to leave stats and we're going to leave schemes and we're going to leave all of that stuff aside... And I've been on, I'm on the radio every Saturday and sometimes uh, Reggie Corrigan, who's the host... Um, legendary rugby player of his day so he knows a thing or two about contact sports and he played for Ireland played for Leinster won uh, silverware so you look at the, and he often asks me on the radio he says Steve why is it so hard for some people in the NFL for some teams why is it so like you look at quarterbacks and you see Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant drafted Paddy last and he comes out and he's doing well and it's very easy to point at you know, Kyle Shanahan and say, oh, it's all him. Like, he's not out there with him. And sometimes you can scheme something and, and make it easier for people. And that's fine. But the same applies for defense. You know, convention would tell you, and maybe convention is wrong, is that if you stack a defense full of first-round picks, that you should come away with a damn good defense, or one that's at least capable of stopping things. 
And when it can't, there's nowhere else to look at but the coordinator or the head coach or the GM. <laughs> and sometimes all of them get the can for something that goes poorly. It's a mixed bag, isn't it? Because you look at this season and you go, all right, so this season we wanted the offense to mature a bit and step into its own. And I think we've seen an offer of that, some good play calling. Obviously, some bad play calling as well. There's been some rancid stuff even during this game. But, you know, there was an absolute dart to uh, Dontavian Wicks. There was play after play. There was some amazing passes to Tucker Craft. And the main thing for me is, is that Jordan Love really seems like he's not figured it out because that's a bit of a ridiculous thing to say, but that he's clued in, you know, he's doing the right things most of the time, which is all you can expect because Aaron Rodgers didn't even do things right all of the time. I think if it's something obvious, but that comes with time, you know, if it's something really obvious, like there's a broken down coverage or if Rodgers was to instantly see a receiver on a linebacker, that's where he's going to go straight away. No matter where his eyes are, that's where he's going and he can see it. He can see it at the line of scrimmage, you know, this pre-snap motion stuff. And Jordan Love is getting very good at reading that as well. But look, the defense gave up 34 points. And again, it's a really annoying trope, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We seem incapable of, of being multifaceted. We can't stop the pass and the run. And the defense can't seem to get off the field without a devastating sack fumble or an interception or, you know, some sort of splash play. Instead of just solid, fundamental good defense. Anyway, that's the take on the game. How are we going to fare next week? No idea. I don't know what team's going to show up. I don't know what defense is going to show up. Would you be happy if Joe Barry was let go? Would that solve any problems? I mean, there's a caveat there too that when we moved that special teams and we moved Mo Drayton into that uh, place and Mo was supposed to have said all the right things and done all the right things and it just didn't pan out. Someone's put a hex Someone's put a hex on Packers D's. Someone's looked at a Packers D and put a hex on it. God damn it. But anyway, at the end of the day, it's only a football game. So look, I'm going to be previewing the game on Quicks and the Pause for your big Pacage. Patreon, of course, is going strong. So, you know, if you want to have more success in your Packers fandom and actually come away with maybe an all-expenses-paid trip to Lambeau Field next year when, you know, we improve even more. Well, then get on to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. But I'm going off to have a nice cry in a cold shower. I've been at Steady the NFL. We've been at UK Packers. You've been a great audience. And I'll talk to you in a couple of days.